You are listening to the Adoption and Fertility Finance Show, where we prepare you financially for adoption or fertility. Navigating the waters financially for adoption and fertility can be intimidating. And your host, Laura Coleman, knows that firsthand after spending $35,000 for IVF and adopting three children. She's made it her mission to help other couples realize their dream by living their financial life with intention. All right, so Walter, thank you so much for coming on. Um, Walter is with the Follow the Orange Backpack, and I'm excited to hear a little bit about your story. One of the reasons why I asked you to be on our podcast today was because marriages are so, uh, they're put through the ringer uh, when someone is going through fertility and adoption. And I believe in setting goals to be able to put money aside for vacation so that you can have a debt-free vacation. And so when I, I heard about your program, I was pretty excited about it. And I believe that, that families n- need to have fun together. I recently did an interview with Daniel Eck, and he, one of his advice that he gave was to find fun in your day to strengthen your marriage and to um, get rid of the resentment that's in marriages that can pop up. And then I also did another recent interview with Dr. Travis Perry, and he talked about how you should spend time with your spouse. And I think that a Disney vacation, and especially one that is well planned out and affordable, will be a great avenue for people, for my clients and for our listeners to be able to create those memories and strengthen the ties that they need to have a successful partnership. So tell me a little bit about how you started the Follow the Orange Backpack program. Well, Laura, first we want to say thank you for having us on. I want to say Follow the Backpack started, I want to say four or five years ago. What happened is we're based out of Columbus, Ohio. A group of us, I think it was like 13, 14 of us, uh, three families got together and we went on a Disney vacation. And what happened is my business partner, Stephen, wore an orange backpack. And when you're going and moving through Disney, there's, you know, we have all these kids. I think there's probably, when I have three, we had um, seven kids and we're moving through Disney the last thing you want to do is lose a kid in Disney. I actually had a client who said he lost one of his children in Disney and the kid was gone. I think he said his child was gone for probably an hour, hour and a half. And he said it ruined the whole vacation. You know, what happened is they were going through the Magic Kingdom. Their daughter bent down to tie her tennis shoe and then they looked up and she wasn't anywhere to be found. And we got a mobs of people. So... We would always tell our kids, hey, follow the orange backpack, because Stephen was leading us, you know, from rides to events to dinner and everything else like that. And we would always tell our kids, follow the orange backpack. So one of our trips, we actually had to evacuate when Hurricane Irma came. I think that happened, what, two years ago. And it was kind of funny because we couldn't get any flights out, and we all had to drive a rental car. And we were behind each other, <laughs> trailing each other. And we would even say, hey, follow the orange backpack. So that started the track with Follow the Orange Backpack because Steven's a pilot and what he does is he makes routes and he's trying to make sure that wherever he's getting his guests to, he wants to have precision routes, avoiding storms, avoiding turbulence. And so we figured, hey, why not follow Steven? Follow the Orange Backpack was birthed. So it's kind of been comical, but 
we've just been running with it. So that's awesome. I love it. Good stories. You know, like that, that's how things get started are from good stories. Yeah. So as you, you've gone to many Disney vacations, I'm sure. Yes. And, um, what is the number one financial drain on someone's finances when they're planning a Disney vacation? I would probably say, uh, depending on where you stay, it's going to be lodging. Lodging is usually the number one cost. And whether you stay off the parks or on Disney resort property, lodging can be anywhere up to $500 to $1,000 per night for a Disney resort. So based on everybody's budget or time horizon, you know, we encourage you to look at multiple options for your lodging. So that's one of the things that we always try to teach people to do is when you're going on Disney, you know, to save time, it's better to stay on Disney property, but you might not have that budget. So that's our number one cost is lodging. So on your website, you have a 50 money saving tips for your trip to Walt Disney World. Yes. And there's several free ideas. Yes. And one of them, uh, several of them talk about lodging. Yes. So let's talk about a couple of the ways that someone could save money while planning this trip to Disney. Yes. So one of the, when you're talking about lodging in particular, you know, you could stay off site. You can go to places like Priceline.com, Hotwire. Um, those are places where you can get discounted uh, hotel stays, you know, and kind of going from there. Um, other places we look at VRBO. Uh, sometimes it might be in your best interest to, you know, find a house that you can rent, you know, that's maybe within the 10 mile radius of Walt Disney World, commute back and forth. And maybe everybody, you know, if you've got a group of 20 people or more, you can stay directly inside, you know, one of those so VRBO, uh, what we generally do is, you know, if you have a group of people and, you know, you've got a group of people, let's say 20 or more people, you can rent a house that can accommodate a large uh, quantity of people. And it's generally cheaper. You know, maybe you can rent the house for maybe $150 a night. Um, and that's really staying off property. Another thing you can do to save a lot of money is staying off peak times. You know, so for example, most parents, you know, we homeschool our children. So most parents, they want to go to Disney during the summer months. Well, Disney likes to raise rates during the summer months because that's when they have more bookings. Well, to us, there's nothing wrong with taking kids out of school for a week and going during off-peak seasons. So the first time we took our uh, children to Disney, we went in the February time period. The reason is Disney had a special, I think you, I think it was... You book five nights, you get two nights free. That was back in 2009. And Disney's always constantly recreating specials. Uh, so that's something we did to stay on property, to save time, and kind of going from there. But we went on off-peak. Um, so generally, you know, after Christmas, you know, from January to March, right before spring break, those are off-peak seasons. And usually after uh, Labor Day, so right before Thanksgiving, those are off-peak seasons. And we generally try, that's generally when we try to encourage people to go during those off-peak seasons. The crowd levels are lower and the prices are a little bit less expensive. Tell me a little bit about uh, transportation in regards oh. to Disney. <laughs> um, transportation, commuting back and forth to Disney or transportation inside Disney? Oh, okay. That's a good. <laughs> You're the expert at Disney. I've only been once when I was five years old. And, but here's, here's the funny thing, Russell, is I actually met, no, no, I take that back. 
I shouldn't say that. Okay, so back eight years ago, nine years ago, um, I went to Epcot. Okay. So, which is technically Disney, right? Yeah, it is. Okay. So I went to Epcot, and there was a single adult conference that weekend, and I met this guy from Cleveland, Tennessee, <laughs> and seven months later, I married him. Okay, but, cool. Um, so that weekend, I, 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 you know, Orlando is the happiest place on earth. Yes. Because I met my husband there. <laughs> <laughs> you guys should go back. Uh, we do. We've been planning um, and talking about how we need to go take our kids to Disney. Yeah. Um, they are almost seven, okay. five, and three. And it's the three-year-old okay. we're most worried about. Well, so we believe, you know, our preferences, you know, Disney, every time you go to Disney, you're kind of building on the momentum from the first trip. Yeah. So with you living so close, you can commute, you can drive down, you'll save money. Um, but commuting back and forth to Disney, I'll talk about first commuting, you know, what we either driving or flying. Driving, depending on where you're at. So we're in Ohio, we've driven down, you know, it generally takes us 14 to 20 hours, depending on rain, you know, which direction we're going and everything else like that. Sometimes driving through Atlanta is crazy. Uh, I, I don't enjoy driving through Atlanta, but it's really crazy. So that generally saves you a lot of money um, driving because all you have to, if you, if you don't have to rent a car, you can drive your own transportation. Uh, you're just taking gas back and forth. So people who live in a close proximity, we encourage them to drive Tennessee or lower, you know, drive directly to Walt Disney, you know, specials. Priceline, you can go on there and you can pick your rates on whenever you want to, you know, possibly get bid. You know, those don't always come in, but look for constant specials. What we generally tell people to do is, if you know that you want to go to Disney a year from now, start planning now. You know, looking at, you know, Southwest sales and everything else like that, because that's going to help you save money. We try to go to Disney without having to put a lot of debt. Our first trip to Disney with our kids, we didn't know what the heck we were doing back in 2009. And I think we spent over $10,000 going to Disney. Uh, we had no idea <laughs> what we're doing. Every time we've got, gone since, we've saved money and it's been a lot less. And, you know, I don't want to put up a lot of credit card debt just on a family vacation. And since we go frequently, it's better for us to budget and doing a lot of uh, money-saving tips. So commuting back there, you know, either flying if you can because that saves you time or driving, that's the cheapest way to get there back and forth. Sometimes you can rent a car. I genuinely encourage people to can rent a car. I've rented a car from Priceline. I think we rented a Suburban one time for a two-week trip down to Walt Disney World and the cost was around $800. That Suburban generally because I hit a good sale and um, generally was like $2,000 and I did, I did it on Priceline. So that was a huge win. I remember walking in, getting that car and the lady was like, Hey, you got a great rate. I said, I know I did. So give me my keys before you guys rack up the price. So commuting inside Disney, our passion is, is we like to save time and money. Um, so we generally try to stay on property. The reason is, is because Disney has their own bus transportation. They're currently working on a Skyliner. Um, so they have a lot of things that they can move you around. You don't have to pay $25 to park. You're not parking, you know, five, you know, 10 miles away, taking a monorail and tram and everything else like that. A lot of people have small kids, you know, 
we see a lot of small kids in the parks, you know, they're, they're worn out by two, three o'clock and they're crying and screaming and the parents don't know why, but that goes back to, you know, what's in most important. So we want to save money and time. So we generally say use the transportation from the resorts back and forth to the, to the parks and everything else like that. There's all this Uber, Lyft, those are things you can use, but those become pricey. Disney also has their own version of their mini cars. We did that last time we uh, were on a trip and we just wanted to kind of test it out and see it. It was pretty cool, but you know, you're looking at 50 to $60 to take you from the Magic Kingdom back to our lodge. And the reason we did that is because we, the last time we went, we didn't rent a car. We just used Disney's transportation. Disney, if you fly into MCO or Orlando International Airport, they have their Disney Magical Express that will drive you directly to their resorts. They'll even put your bags inside your room for you. It's nice and easy because what they really want you to do is to start enjoying the vacation and having fun. Um, so that's what we did. We got off the airport, went directly to the Magical Express. They moved our baggage and we checked into our room. And then we started having fun. Uh, we just used their transportation so we didn't have that rent a car cost as well. So. Tell me about the undercover tourist. What is that and how can someone take advantage of it? The undercover tourist is another website that they kind of do some of the similar things that we're doing, but they've been in the market, you know, a little bit longer than we are, but they're just trying to give you hacks like we are. And they also can provide you ways to get cheaper tickets because that is another price, you know, if you were ranking, you know, cost efficiencies or costs to Disney, is lodgings number one. Number two is park tickets because you're generally working at about $100 per person. Um, so the larger your group is, the more money it's going to cost. And the third is going to be food costs, food and transportation, kind of go back and hand it in. So uh, undercover tourists, you know, they have their website that's set up that they can provide you cheaper cost tickets for you. What I've heard when I've talked to a lot of Disney travel agents is that there's always a sale going on. You just don't know that there's always a sale going on. Because once again, you know, you have to understand how Disney works. You know, they are a publicly traded company. They have shareholders where they've got to generate revenue for. So the more people that can pay the top dollar for things, the more that they are, <laughs> you're happy to do. So we encourage people, you know, use as many resources, our website, Undercover Tourists, to find cheaper tickets. Um, you know, we're not a ticket broker but we just try to point people to the right direction, kind of go from there. So that website has a whole bunch of tidbits and tricks and hacks and where you can look at saving time and money, just like we're doing. Our thing is, is we're trying to talk from our experience. There is, you know, they're a larger website. Um, our goal is to be somewhat like them as, yeah. as we grow. Well, one of the things that, you know, when someone comes to your wife's website and they want to purchase your product, yes. what, what, what are your itineraries? What goes into them? How yeah. can they help them have a more efficient vacation that saves them money and yes. helps them have the ultimate most fun in the world? So let me start with giving you a story. So when we first, uh, before we set up this website, the first trip when I took my daughters, I have three daughters and my wife down to Disney. Like I said, we paid over $10,000 to go to this Disney trip. And at that time, I think our daughter, oldest daughter was maybe six, middle one was four, youngest was three. So it was just one of those things. We just came out of the financial crisis in 2008. 
I just wanted to get away, you know, leave all the problems back here in Columbus, Ohio, just get away. And I thought, you know what, it's time to take my kids to Disney. Not knowing what I was doing, not knowing anything about restaurants or where we're going to stay, we thought, okay, hey, we needed to stay on site, which was fine. So we stayed at Saratoga Springs uh, Resort, which is one of the farthest away resorts. We paid probably close to $900 a night for the room uh, back in 2009. And the reason was is because we thought our kids needed their own bed. Why? I don't know. So the room we got actually had a washer and dryer, had its own full kitchen. And uh, the reason is our kids ate bedtime snacks. My wife, she eats a lot of organic food. So she's like, you know, I'm not going to eat all this Disney food. You know, I need organic food. I need my almond milk and all this other stuff. So we needed our own kitchen. You know, our kids at that time, you know, every once in a while, somebody might have an accident. So we have to change of clothes. So my wife thought, hey, we need a washer and dryer <laughs> to kind of go from there. So as a result of that, you know, our costs kept on going up. So what we recognize when we're building this website, how do we help people not have that same experience that I had? On the way back from our trip, because we bought seven-day park tickets, and, you know, we were running around. All our kids really wanted to do was get autographs from all these princesses. We got them on a couple of rides. We stood in line a lot long. It wasn't an effective way of doing traveling. Our, we didn't recognize our middle daughter. She started to get sick during the trip. Well, hindsight, looking back, you could see the watering in her eyes, you know, because we kept on saying, hey, let's wake him up early. Let's go you know, go to bed, you know, we stayed out late to the parks, you know, because we thought we were having a lot of fun. Well, internally, Aaron was getting sick, but we didn't realize this until we were halfway home on the airport, in the airplane, where she threw up on the air, on airplane. And I was passed out sleep. The guy in behind me hit me, woke me up. My wife's holding her vomit in her hand. <laughs> and she's like, you know, I need some help. And so we got that all figured out and everything. So my wife was like, okay, I'll take care of Erilyn. She held her to the trip. Well, all of a sudden, when one's kid gets sick, when we got home, my oldest daughter got sick. She threw up macaroni and cheese all in her bed. The two days later, my youngest daughter got sick. Well, that was because we ran them like crazy because I knew I'm spending $10,000 for this trip and me, you know, I want to get my money's worth. You know, that's what happened, you know. We're going to be at this park open to close, you know, kids. We're going to have $10,000 worth of fun by golly. <laughs> yes. And so that's where it came up is that we know that a lot of parents, you know, they're saving for this trip. This might be the only time that they go to Disney. They want to make a memory. And we're sitting here thinking, how do we help them have fun? Because nobody wants to come back home after $10,000 in their pocket. And they sit back and think, I got a magic band. I got a couple of pictures. What in the world did I just do? I just wasted a lot of time. So in our itineraries, what we are trying to do is we're trying to show you, hey, how to have fun, take time, spend time, build memories so that you have fun today. But then two, three years later, or if you're obsessive like us, a couple, you know, maybe 12 months later, I'm going to come back again because the memories are great. Um, you know, it's fun sitting back and saying, you know, we'll see 70 year old people when they have a dance party sitting out there dancing, you know, because you feel like a kid again, you know, you sit there and you see people getting emotional watching the nighttime spectacular shows with the fireworks, because 
everybody deep down inside of us, we still want to be a kid again. You know, we enjoy our days and our youth and everything else, mostly everybody. So that's what we try to do is we try to take you a step-by-step process saying, okay, if you only had one day at the Magic Kingdom and you have a whole bunch of, you know, younger kids with you, these are the rides that we would do and this is the order that we would do it and this is a sequence. Um, What we encourage people to do is we encourage people to do different things like getting to the park early. Well, that means you need to get a good night's rest. If little Johnny can't get up at, you know, six o'clock in the morning, okay, well, maybe he needs a couple extra hours of sleep. Uh, We encourage people to take breaks. There's nothing wrong with taking a break in the middle of the day, going back to your hotel. And once again, a time-saving thing. This is why we try to stay on property because usually we'll be getting out of the park uh, from the early morning shifts when most of the people are coming directly to the park. And we try to take a break, you know, and that allows us to rejuvenate ourselves. Um, The last trip we went on in September, you know, we all have these little Fitbits and everything else like that. I think we were averaging probably 20 to 25,000 steps per day in the parks. You know, that's like seven to nine miles a day. Well, if you don't take a break, your feet are going to be hurting. Your body's going to be hurting. Nobody likes walking on concrete. You know, it's 80, 90 degrees. You know, why do you want to be sitting in a line for two to three hours and kind of go from there? So that's part of our recipe um, that we're trained to make you sure you enjoy this. Um, we talk about some areas that, in, you know, inside the guide, we show you areas where you can go to get food, you know, maybe you can do a uh, mobile order so that you don't have to wait in line for food. You know, because the last thing you know is little Johnny, when he's hungry, he needs to be fed. And nobody wants to be that parent that has little Johnny screaming and shouting, yelling back at you, sitting in line with a thousand of your closest, you know, Walt Disney World friends and everything. So that's our goal is we're trying to look at our years of experience, look at different things to have that balance between fun and, you know, seeing all the rides and everything. With my partner, um, one of the things when we started going, we didn't recognize that like at Epcot, there are so many things you can do in each of the pavilions. Like for example, we went to the France pavilion. They have a, let's say maybe a 30 minute show in the air conditioning that shows you a little history of France. Well, our kids really didn't enjoy that, but it was another taking time to rest. You know, there's, you know, every time you go to Disney, it's not about, hey, how many times can I ride Space Mountain and everything else like that? Um, because if you start doing ev- what everybody's going to do, you're going to wait in line all the time. You know, we went when Pandora's rides open and Animal Kingdom, uh, the Pandora exhibit. And I think we waited in line for Flight of Passage almost four hours because it was a brand new line. We got there early. We got there when the park opened, let's say, 8, 9 o'clock. But we were in line for four hours. Now, you want you sit back and wonder, was that worth it? It was a great ride, but was it really worth it? And the reason is because is we wanted to experience and we designated that time inside our, our program, our itinerary, to expect that. So. Part of vacations, though, is the anticipation. Yes. You know, so like you, (laughs) when you set aside a bank account and you say, okay, Disney, family vacation, September 2020 or whatever, and you're saving money towards that every single month, it's that anticipation before the event occurs that is really the most exciting. 
Yes. And so as you're planning, you know, someone can go in and download the itinerary and start thinking and imagining the fun that they're going to have yes. in September 2020 for their Disney family vacation. And yes. so that anticipation is, is and they're, as they're saving that money, it's really going to create that family togetherness, that euphoriaism. Um, yes. And that is part of the vacation experience. Yeah, I was going to say that is something that we actually do. If we want to get our wives on board for us for another Disney vacation, we start talking about when my oldest is 16. We start saying, well, how many times are we going to take our oldest to Disney World? You know, our wives kind of start to sit back and think, well, yeah, you're right. You know, we only have maybe four more years before they're moving on. Maybe we need to go to Disney again. So, um, but that's, you know, that's some of our great times. You know, we, the first time we drove down, I think it was like a Mother's Day weekend we drove down. It was raining cats and dogs. And my wife wanted to drive because she wanted that one-on-one, no cell phones, no meetings, just sitting time enjoying conversation with the kids. You know, she made all these different games. I think we had, uh, I think it was license plate bingo or something else like that. You know, who can find all these license plates for different things. It was just more of a traveling thing. And we had some great memories. You know, I did all the driving, so I was kind of frustrated. I drove from Columbus all the way down to Florida we crossed the Florida line. I think we left at 7 o'clock in the morning. We crossed at like 1 o'clock in the morning the next day because it was just raining nonstop. And, you know, I was determined that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this trek. Well, at 1 o'clock in the morning, I pulled over to my wife, I need you to drive. Well, she was half asleep and she started driving. By 2.30 or maybe 2 o'clock, I was driving again because she said she thought she saw a deer in the middle of the road. I thought, what in the world are you talking about? There's no deer here in Florida. <laughs> Alligators, you get them. So those are the memories. You know, our kids, you know, when we go through our iCloud, you know, it's an Apple plug, but iCloud photos, you know, we can go back and look at the young ones and our kids can always remember, you know, hey, I remember doing this, I remember doing that. And that's what you want. You know, that's worth the $10,000. Yes, I'll grumble. Yeah, I spent $10,000 and my wife will say, but we could have went to Bermuda for that less than that money or Hawaii. But we look at the pictures, the memories, those are what's worth anything. Are there any special benefits to families that have foster children or who have adopted? Yeah, so a couple benefits that that are available is Disney has their grant program. Uh, If you go to www.disney.com, do a search for grants. They are actually out there to encourage people to um, go to Disney. I think they said the uh, five grants available, I think there's about $100,000 available on a yearly basis for the grants. So on the website, you can click the criteria and guidelines and everything else like that that are available. Disney wants to give back. One of the things that they used to give back and we've taken advantage of is their youth education series program. That is actually a great way to go to Disney at it at a cheaper, reduced cost on the ticket price. But I would encourage people, you know, to go to that website, you know, take a look at the grants that are available, click in the criteria, see what's available. Every year they're always changing, you know, and kind of going from there to make it more affordable for people, you know, and everything else like that. So I haven't clicked on the grant guidelines in a while, but I would encourage your listeners to really do that. Um, 
to kind of see what's available. And I think they have a PDF as well that can show you, you know, all the grants that are available and how you can qualify for them and kind of going from there. I'll make sure that we have those links on our website under the show notes. Yeah. So for those that are listening, they can go to our website, familymoneycoaching.org, and you'll click on the link for today's podcast episode, and then it'll be in the show notes, and you'll be able to have all of those links so that you don't have to go search for yourself, and we'll make it easy for you. Cool, cool. <laughs> all right. What is your final advice in regards to planning a Disney vacation? My final advice would be start early. Oh, if I could preface that, and you have to really start early. And what I mean by that is, you know, the day you recognize, hey, you know what, we're thinking about going to Disney. Let's, you know, what's today, May 7th. Let's say you're going to go January 1st of 2020. You have to start planning now. I mean, there's reservations you can put for food. There's fast passes. You know, Disney has, I don't know how many restaurants, but let's just say three to 500 different restaurants that you can pick and choose from. Yeah, it's kind of hard to pick. You know, if you're a foodie person, you're going to really love the restaurants. But people who just say, hey, I'm okay with the hamburger and fries for seven days straight, you know, I encourage people to start as soon as possible. You know, start saving now. You know, J.P. Morgan Chase has a a Disney credit card that can allow you to earn points. Um, Some of the things that we do is we buy gift cards at our local grocery store which allows us to get gas points. So that's a way Target has a place where you can buy. If you're a Target red card member, um, you can buy Disney gift cards 5% off. Um, So that allows you, those gift cards can then be redeemed to use for purchasing tickets. They can be used for purchasing hotel stays. Um, So I encourage people to start early. It's really a nice thing when you, I like calling Disney reservation line, you know, to place our reservations because I talk to the cast members as they call them and talk about, Hey, what's going on. And, you know, they talk about, you know, where are you staying at? Most of them live like in the Florida area, you know, we're trying to stay here and everything else like that. So then we try trying to map, you know, do you want to go to the parks for three days? Do you want to go to the parks for five days? You know, how many days do you want to go to the parks? One of the tidbits that I would want to share with your listeners is that, we finally did is we started buying the park hopper passes and we bought the auto parks and more. So park hopper is a pass that allows you to go to the magic kingdom, you know, in the morning, then you can go to Epcot later in the afternoon. So you can jump from park to park to park. Uh, they also have what an additional feature and I forget the cost, but it's an additional cost where it includes a water parks and more pass. What that is, is if you buy three park passes, they'll give you three water park passes for that price. So what we generally do as part of our enjoying the Disney vacation is, is we'll go to the parks maybe on Monday. Tuesday, we'll go to the water park. Wednesday, we'll go back to the parks. Thursday, we'll go back to the water parks. So it allows us to kind of do both. Because at the water parks, you know, there's lazy rivers, there's the wave pools, there's water slides. But you're not doing all that walking. You're getting actually rest and everything else like that and kind of go from there. So that's an encouraging thing that we generally encourage people to do because it allows you to lengthen your stay. I wish personally when we did our first trip with our kids, we didn't do seven days in a row in, in the Disney. That's actually how the kids got sick is because we were running them. You know, and that was because, hey, I thought if we're going to be in Disney for 10 days, we got to go to the to the parks seven of the ten so 
but that was just me because I looked at the price point because the longer you're on property or the longer you go to the theme parks, it's actually cheaper per person, you know, the longer you stay. So I would tell you to start planning, you know, planning where you're staying, looking at hotel flights, looking at if you're going to drive, if you're going to drive, you know, maybe you look at Costco, Costco gives you cheaper gas. Um, so there's thousands of ways to save money and we just encourage people to start early, start, you know, playing often. Some people have a vacation 10 that they put money or change in on an ongoing basis. Maybe you start allocating $50 per week, $50, you know, per month towards this vacation to build up. Cause you know, I'll be honest with you, Disney's pricing, you know, for us, a family of five to get into the parks, we're looking at $500 a day. Not everybody can afford that initially, but if you save and you make sacrifices, if you find that this is more valuable to you, you know, it becomes a great thing. So that's our number one thing is plan immediately. <laughs> that's awesome. So for you um, listeners that are looking to find out more about Follow the Orange Backpack, um, they have some 50 money-saving tips for your trip to Walt Disney World. It's a download that comes to your email and you can print it off. Fabulous suggestions. There's some free tips in there. And of course, I really, really love free tips. I'm yes. huge about free money yes. uh, or free activities. Yes. So um, definitely go and check those out. And we will make sure that we have a link to follow the Orange Backpack on our website. Yes. And Russell, thank you so much for your time and for telling us a little bit about how we can strengthen our marriages and our families by spending time, quality time together with each other. Yes, I do agree. We appreciate your time and we look forward to uh, helping you out. And if there's anything we can do for your listeners, you know, feel free to uh, reach out to us and kind of go from there. Awesome. Thank you so much. After we adopted our kids, we had three children under the age of three and a half. And it was miserable going on trips long distance with three little kids was ridiculous you know the crying the screaming and and so I told my husband okay we're done we are done with trips I am so over it and just this last year we went on a family vacation with my in-laws I know I thought it would be crazy and ridiculous and I would probably hate it but I actually loved it my mother-in-law was so perfect she sat between my two older ones and instead of hearing them bicker and fight she was there to help teach them and read to them and play games and cut up apples and she was wonderful. And then I sat next to my youngest and entertained him and fed him goodies and we watched movies and and the trip was actually really fantastic. The other thing that was really fantastic was that my husband, he did all of the research beforehand and he sat down and found the restaurants and he looked through all of the trip advisors and he found the hotel and the directions and it was so nice not to have to worry about those things and our kids behavior was fantastic i i was like okay we're ready i am dying to go to disney world and take my kids but i didn't want to take them until they were old enough so when i was doing this interview with follow the orange backpack I was really doing this for myself. I'm like, you as my listeners, like, great. You can listen to it. But I was, it was kind of a little selfish for me um, because it's nice for someone else to have been there, done that. And you don't have to do all that research and the planning. You can just 
buy their their plan and print it off and it's really just a couple of bucks and then you can go and have a really awesome time and not have to think about it. So the thing that I want to help you with is the financial aspect as well. And on our website, there is going to be a checklist. Download the checklist and print that off. And then also we have the travel budget, which is a part of the adoption and financial planner. And you'll be able to just print it off and like keep track of everything and know where your money is going so you don't have to think about it. And just enjoy being with each other and creating good memories. Now, if your kids are fighting on this trip, just remember that I commiserate with you. I understand kids are going to do that. But in a couple of years, things are going to be wonderful and you're going to be able to enjoy it more. But you're creating those memories. Sometimes you're creating the memories for yourself and sometimes you're creating with your children. I was just recently at FinCon and Ramit Sethi was a keynote speaker. Fantastic conversation that he had with the audience. and. One of the things that he said that really touched me was that we need to spend money on things that bring us joy. And I thought, yes, yes, this is what I'm trying to get across in my message with my listeners is that we are spending money on something that brings us joy, which is developing our families. And don't feel bad about spending money. In fact, I want you to plan on spending money on the things that bring you joy. And so as you are planning your vacation and you're thinking about the joy that your children will experience, the children you're bringing into your family, creating those family memories, that is what this is all about. Our money should be used for happiness. And so to sign off today, I want you to live your financial life with intention and to remember to spend your money to bring you joy. 